When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Four and a half minutes left in the first period. Oil Kings leading Lethbridge 1-0. In the NHL tonight, Flames and Coyotes scoreless. Five minutes left in the first. Oilers, Flames tomorrow. 6.30 faceoff show Game at 8 here on 6.30, Chad. First period, Avalanche leading the Flyers 2-1. Kale McCarr has his 23rd. Kadri has his 25th. Late second period, Blue Jackets and Jets tied 2-2. Rangers light up the Penguins 5-1 the final in overtime. Buffalo and Washington tied 3-3. And uh, as I was keeping you updated on, massive, massive upset. And another one in the NCAA tournament, St. Peter's University, the Peacocks, from Jersey City, New Jersey, the 15th seed in their region over number three, Purdue, 67-64, as uh, St. Peter's makes the Elite Eight, first number 15 seed ever to make it that far. Look, I'm going to assume I, 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 most of you know about the NCAA tournament. If there are like some really casual basketball people out there or people who just don't follow basketball, that means they have made the national quarterfinals as a team that would approximately be, I don't know, the 60th or 65th best team in the nation. And Purdue would be in the top 12, given the seedings. We got Paul Sir from the Alberta Basketball Association hopping on. I mean, that's approximately the gap, Paul, between these between these two teams. Oh, yeah. You, you nailed it completely, Reed. Let, let me give you a budget number. By the way, this is National Peacock Day in the U.S. And the oh, name geez. of the St. Peter's team... <laughs> Are the are the fighting peacocks? So on National Peacock Day, they upset number three Purdue. It, 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 get this: the entire budget for the St. Peter's University basketball program, including including coaches' salaries and travel, is 1.5 million. John Calipari from the University of Kentucky makes nine million dollars every year. That doesn't even go to what they pay. And of course, the peak the peacocks upset. The, the the mighty Wildcats before and now tonight they take out the heavily favored uh, Purdue Boilermakers. What a story! And and like you said, even for the casual sports fan, this is just where March Madness just distinguishes itself, Reed, from literally almost every other sporting event. You just can't make this up. Well, no, like it's and, and this is the great thing about the tournament, the, the Cinderella stories, even some of these games that go down to the wire, but the favorite often wins. But Purdue couldn't pull. I, I didn't see the whole game. I, I know I know you were watching it like what what ha- like I always feel like for this to happen, the favorite must get a little rattled. But maybe I'm taking something away from St. Peter's in this situation. How did this happen tonight? I, I think it's fair to say St. Peter's beat Purdue, straight up defeated them in a very tight, hotly contested game. But the thing that distinguishes St. Peter's, Reed, is their defense. 
their ability to throw different looks and to adapt their looks during the game, change their defenses up, and take away what's working for Purdue was was just so evident tonight. In the last three minutes, they completely changed their defensive scheme and flustered the best player on Purdue for the evening to the point where he was forcing shots, and they just they just beat him. That's all it was. Down the stretch, they made free throws. They never they were uh, they they were just a better team tonight, and that's amazing to say for a school a 150 year old Jesuit school with the second smallest student body population in Division One basketball. Oh, that it's the second smallest student body in all of yeah. Division One. Yeah, they beat the Purdue. smallest, and My they beat God. Purdue. Purdue has forty some thousand uh, students, and St. Peter's has two twenty three hundred. <laughs> it's like Concordia. <laughs> beating Purdue in terms of student body size. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's amazing. Yeah, like I was trying to come up with a comparison in, in other sports, and it's hard to do so. I mean, it's not like, oh, a number six seed in hockey wins the Stanley no. Cup. No, it's like, like you said, it might be like Concordia winning the the U Sports National Championship or something that, like that's that. That's exactly like, what it would yeah. be. That's what it would be. It would be, I, I mean, when you look at student body size, it's like, Concordia beating the University of Alberta in the national in uh, you know the elite eight of the national championship series. Uh, it's just crazy. There are no there are no analytics on this one. Reed, it was it was amazing to watch. Those kids are tough, and that's what's so magical about the uh, NCAA tournament. It's just the heart and soul, the atmosphere, the passion on the court in the stands. This was just as this is just what you live for in the sport of basketball. Uh, stupid question. Where, where was this game? I haven't even been paying attention to what, uh, it, who's it, hosting. I, you know, I, I'm drawing a blank too. This I don't even, in, I never pay attention to host. I think it was yeah. in New York. No, it's Philadelphia. That's it's where it was. Philly. It was in okay. Philadelphia. Yep. All right. Yeah. It was in Philadelphia. So, so not far from New Jersey, obviously. So a little bit of a home court advantage, but I mean, uh, they had a great crowd, but so so did Purdue. Purdue's not that far away either in that region of the country. So there was no real home court advantage. There was just a team out there that didn't get rattled. Their coach, afterwards, he said something that was so that was so interesting. He said, "We just play ball and have fun," and that's how this team played. They were loose, even at the most tense times of the game. They were smiling at each other. And then they just got after it. It was really something to watch. Okay, so St. Peter's is going to play the winner of uh, North Carolina and UCLA. Uh, the the one of the favorites, Gonzaga, got knocked out last night. Uh, so Duke's going to play. Like so now, there's what I guess eleven teams left because we still got to finish three more games tonight. Does I mean maybe a stupid question, Paul? But I'll ask you. Like, does this open it up? For somebody, is is somebody now the presumptive favorite with the Zags out? I don't think there's any favorite right now. It is a dog's breakfast. You know, close your eyes, throw a dart. Because any team right now could win it. And what's interesting about this whole NCAA read is that was the sentiment going into it. Now, if I had to pick a favorite right now, and it's a very, very slight favorite, it would be Duke. Because that win that they had last night over Texas Tech was a quality win against a really tough team. When you watch Arizona go down to Houston and you watch Gonzaga lose to Arkansas, 
those two teams, the, the heavily favored Arizona and Gonzaga teams, just weren't tough enough. Like Houston uh, and Arkansas, they just dig down and they get after it. The same with Texas Tech. So that win by Duke, uh, Duke has elite talent and they seem to be playing really well, but it's anybody's game. It's, I, I mean, St. Peter's could win it. I don't, you know, of course that's crazy, but they're they, on a given night. They just keep showing on a given night. Anything can happen. And they have that Cinderella story going, but uh, you know, there certainly will be a couple of the big dogs, whether it's North Carolina or UCLA, Kansas or Duke, they're going to be favored. Okay. Well, thanks for hopping on on short notice to talk about this story, Paul. I always appreciate it. We'll get you on. I don't know if we can do it leading into the final four, or maybe the, the night of the championship or the day after, depending on how other things uh, shake out. But this is this is incredible tonight. So thanks for enlightening us, man. Well, it was, hey, Reed, thanks for thinking of me, and thanks for calling because it's a great story just for sporting fans to celebrate. So thanks so much. Right on. That is Paul Sir. He's the executive director of the Alberta Basketball Association with, uh, well, it's going to be one of the stories of the year at the end of the year. Uh, St. Peter's Peacocks, the 15th, and they're not done. I mean, maybe they're going to go to the final four. <laughs> they, they got at least one more game, but they beat number three Purdue tonight. No number 15 seed has ever gone this deep in the tournament. We'll visit uh, with the producer of this show. We'll talk some Oilers and Elks with Dave Campbell next. for our broadcast here on 630 Chetty is one of my best friends. It is Dave Campbell checking in tonight. Dave, how are you doing? I'm great, Reed, old boy. How's it going, buddy? Well, I'm doing well. Thanks for checking in. Rolling into the weekend here. Oilers doing well. We're slowly starting to talk more and more about the Canadian Football League. So uh, fun times. I got to tell you, Dave, good vibe at the rink last night. Oilers have won six straight at home. They haven't always been a great home team some years, even in some of the years they've done well. Uh, you know, I thought top to bottom, they were good last night. I thought, uh, having a uh, little Ben Stelter there was, oh. uh, was incredible. What, like, Tremendous. When Tremendous he came story. out as the Scotiabank skater, I was like, this is, first of all, he's one of the littlest guys they've ever had. So that's, that's <laughs> cool in of itself. And he's got such a, a brave story. And like, they made him part of the team last night. It was so cool. Yeah. And just to see how Connor McDavid took to him and how, and you know, that's his favorite, that's Ben's favorite player. And just how Connor McDavid was so uh, accommodating to him, gave him all kinds of great attention um, for people that think that Connor McDavid's a robot. And I mean, what you hear with us and, you know, in front of the cameras and the media, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't give you a lot, although he gives, he's a lot better than he used to be. Um, but I think it showed the, uh, a great side of Connor McDavid, the compassionate, caring uh, guy with a big heart, good character. Um, it was a thrill, and just to see him beside uh, Zach Hyman in the uh, post-game news conference was uh, was tremendous as well. And you know, I think a, a nice lift is 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 another point I like to make too, because you're playing the San Jose Sharks, even though I mean, you and I talked about it earlier, and I know you and Rob talked about Timo Meyer and. Uh, and Tomas Hurdle are are tremendous hockey players, and every time they were on the ice, you could tell every everyone in the building was nervous. Um, but you know, you need that little lift. They got it. They've won six straight at home. Their playoff aspirations are looking really strong, and they should get there. Uh, a really good night at Rogers last night. Yeah, a uh, fun game for sure. And every, like it's one of those when they play well and they have a night like that. And quite frankly, even some of the games 
for example, Monday in Colorado, everybody's doing their job and making an impact. And did you see the Hyman's penalty kill shift? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> killed the killed about 30 seconds all yeah. by himself, started in the offensive end, <laughs> went back to his own blue line. So, it's, you know, it's it, it's not a goal, but winning situations on the ice, right? Winning little sections of the game. Well, I think that's the biggest difference under Jay Woodcroft is is the the little things that you're seeing from lines one through four in the you know the defense pair and the goaltending. I mean, it, it's so important, you know. And um, situational hockey is, I think, what this team is excelling at the best. And yes, they had a bad lapse in in Dallas with two goals in 24 seconds. And I'm just going to blame a bad night and fatigue and just, you know, it was Murphy's Law that evening. And I like that they came out yesterday and just did the little things right. And, you know, I, I like how they're playing in their own zone. And I know under Dave Tippett, it was like, let him shoot from the outside. And that's fine. But you do want to limit shots, too, because you don't want rebounds and chaos in front of the goaltender. But they're doing a good job of kind of keeping things away from the goaltenders as much as possible from Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. Um, I think Brett Kulak made a few plays last night where you're going, wow, smart, heady player. You know, Derek Broussard's influence on the on the third line. And even a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi, if you're not going to score, then you need to do other things that contribute. And I thought the fact that he was just helpful with the cycle, the helpful with uh, keeping the puck in. I mean, at one point they were, what, 9-1 in scoring chances. They were 14-3 in shot attempts. So Nugent Hopkins' presence was good. The little things matter. And Jay Woodcroft has said it a lot during his time as interim head coach. We're asking a lot of our players. You know, I think most of this team, for or for the most part, you see a team that are playing 200-foot hockey. And there are times that some players, you know, I mean, you got McDavid and Dreisaitl who are dynamic offensively, and sometimes they cheat too much and, you know, we mentioned, and when we criticize, cr constructively criticize the star players, it's not because we were trying to blame them, but it, we have to be fair with everybody. And I think we mentioned it, McDavid probably could have been deeper on a, on a goal in Dallas and, and wasn't. He was better last night in all three zones and same with Leon Dreisaitl. So the little things matter. And I think that Jay Woodcroft is preaching the little things and the buy-in is, I think, the, 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 uh, a tremendous story with this team who are bound for the playoffs. Yeah, looking very good to get there now in Battle of Alberta coming up tomorrow. Dave, uh, Canadian Football League, like I said, we've been talking a lot about the Elks um, in this offseason. They seem to be giving us news almost every week with <laughs> hirings and signings and uh, other things going on in the, in the community. We had Chris Morris on a couple of days ago to talk about the uh, coaching clinic with the with the U of A last week that Chris Jones attended, which was pretty good. Is it the combine this week for the CFL? It's a big weekend it, it, for some of the prospects. Yeah. It is, and uh, the first in-person combine in three years since 2019. In 2020, they canceled, of course, because of the, the pandemic. And then last year, there was a combine. It was all virtual. But now that everything is in person, we have the regional combines, uh, including one here in Edmonton that was in person. And that makes such a difference. I mean, there's only so much you can see on a Zoom call of a player running a rep. And, um, you know, we're going to see the 40-yard dash and the 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 shuttle run and the bench press. And that's not all that exciting, to be honest. But what, it, what you love about the CFL combine is the one-on-one -on -one drills you're going to see on, on the, on Sunday, you're going to see, you know, receivers going against defensive backs. You're going to see uh, linebackers going up against receivers and running backs. You're going to see quarterbacks being able to throw O-line, D-line going one-on-one. -on -one. And what you can see in person that you can't see on zoom 
how coachable that player is. If a rep goes bad, what's his body language like? Is he able to bounce back and go into the next rep and forget about the previous one, or is he going to hang on to it? So those are the things that you look for in in a in a combine. And plus, you get to talk to players and and ask crazy get crazy questions asked of you. And you know we've we've had many players on on this show, both NHL and CFL, about the weird questions you get asked. But you know there's there's reasons behind it. And you know for the Elks, uh, you know Chris Jones, who's always going to play it cool. Um, he said, this isn't as, as, you know, just because we pick first overall doesn't mean it's any more important than in any other draft, but um, you know, it is important obviously, because you want to draft the best player available. And, um, you know, he also said, I'm not going to trade the pick easy to say that now because the draft board is going to change dramatically after the NFL draft, which is a few days prior to, to May 3rd. So, um, you know, he and G Roy Simon are going to do, their due diligence and and those two are I mean looking at the Zoom call yesterday too I gotta I gotta mention Chris Jones and G Roy Simon love working together and they are good friends they were friends before being on the same team and in, in management they love working together and G Roy Simon who's had a great draft history with the BC Lions is going to run a lot of this draft uh, with Chris Jones's help and others um, it's yeah it's an important draft for sure and uh, from the U of A Golden Bears angle there's four. Oh, really? And yeah, there's four. There's Rodden Brown and Peter Kajuska. Then we got uh, Jaden Dalk, uh, defensive back, and Josiah Shackle, uh, Shackle, uh, who is the U Sports Defensive Player of the Year from 2021. So I think the priority is is not draft local, but I think with the relationship the Elks have with the U of A Golden Bears and Chris Morris. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Golden Bear drafted for sure. And, uh, you know, Dalk and Shackle are definitely two that you can throw on special teams with their big bodies. Um, and that's something that this team badly needs because their special teams was dreadful. So, yeah, important this weekend. I'm glad I, I'm glad that it's in person because that's the way a combine should be. It's in person, and uh, we'll see what happens. But from now until May 3rd, the, the draft boards of all nine teams are going to really be uh, be altered. So do you think Jones, like, do you think he might be looking at a U of A kid for that first overall pick even, or are you just saying those guys will go high? I think they could go high. I think they could fall even to round two. Okay. So, you know, it's hard to say who's going to be around at number one, you know, the Phil pot kids out of Calgary, the receivers they're they're really sought after. Um, but the problem is, is that they're going to have NFL interest. Anyone that is, you know, in that one through eight, one through nine, even beyond in the in the scouting bureau, um, is going to probably get NFL interest. And and the thing is too is with the scouting bureau, you can't really trust that info because it's nine teams trying to be secretive with each other, so it's not going to be the the the, the true list, right? So it, it'll be interesting. I, I, do I do I think a Cole Nelson type story could happen in round one? It could. It's Chris Jones. And mm -hmm. Chris Jones likes to go off the board. Last year, Brock Sunderland went way off the board for Cole Nelson. Um, does that happen this time around? It could. It all depends on what happens with those players that are projected to be first rounders. You know, the NFL interest will definitely shake that up for sure. So it's possible, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm not, not saying it's going to happen for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if a Golden Bear is on this team. Awesome. Okay. Exciting times for sure. All right, Dave. Thank you so much for checking in. I know you got some time off coming up next week, so uh, enjoy that. And, uh, of course, we'll still be in touch while you're not working, but uh, enjoy the uh, the family time and whatever you get up to. And thanks for popping on tonight, buddy. We'll see you soon. Peep.
people have no idea how much we text each other during the week. We That's text true. each other a <laughs> lot. And we uh do. Yeah, have fun next week. I know Brendan Clark's going to be in the producer chair, and uh, I know we'll have uh, some good shows next week. So thanks, buddy. We'll uh, talk to you real soon, like probably after this show. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.